ever get the uneasy feeling that you've been fed a lie? Not just any lie, but one that you have believed your entire life and which has guided many of your decisions. Most of the time, we shake off this feeling and go about our lives. But what if that feeling was the key to unlocking everything? I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and on each episode of The Big Lie, we'll reveal a new lie that once uncovered has the power to transform your relationships, career, and life. Let's do this. Do you enjoy having great ideas, but not being heard? Or worse, having someone repeat them and get all the credit? Are you happy to continue delivering great work only to be passed over and watch as others from outside the company or your peers get the job? Would you benefit from being part of a community whose focus is on developing the interpersonal skills needed to elevate your career? Hi, I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and I just launched such a community on Slack called Unlock You. If you believe unlocking interpersonal skills is a crucial part of elevating your career, I would love for you to join us. Enrollment is currently open and free. You can go to www.connectioncounselor.com and click on the link to join us. See you soon. Welcome, everyone, to The Big Lie. So excited to have a guest that I have worked with before and has inspired me in many different ways. Today, we have Tiffany Ann Beverlin, who is a certified life coach, divorce expert, author, and CEO of DreamsRecycled.com, a divorce community and marketplace specializing in selling items from your divorce. Tiffany is known as a divorce industry visionary, She started her own divorce marketplace and community, dreamsrecycle.com, after her own divorce. She is a blogger for Huffington Post, She Savvy, Thrive Global, and Dreams Recycle. She is the author of the best-selling book, My Dreams Recycle. Tiffany inspires divorcees to dream big and always believe that you can have a happier ever after. Welcome, Tiffany. Hi, Joe. It's so lovely to see you again. Yeah. And and I just have to say, your book was, um, I really enjoyed reading your book. Um, <laughs> I, I enjoyed how open you were and, and vulnerable about the challenges that you faced, uh, which were which were not easy um, mm-hmm. after your own divorce, the, the support you found and, and the support you ended up giving yourself to sort of recreate um, who you are and, and your life afterwards. So that was really inspirational to me. Well, and I'm glad that you said you liked it and you're not a divorcee, right? So <laughs> not yet. <laughs> well, fingers crossed there. Yeah, fingers crossed for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, I think that that's, it's true. I mean, it doesn't almost matter what kind of adversity it is. It's what you do to get out of it, right? So if it's divorce or job loss or, you know, cockpit illness, death of a loved one, whatever it is, there's always like those bumps that we need to get over in life. Yeah, absolutely. And the principles are sound, right? Like the principles are the same, whether you lost your job, have an illness or going through a divorce, the principles of overcoming are the same underneath it all. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. Well, 
I've gotten to know you, but maybe some in our audience don't know you that well. Let's get to know you a little bit better. Uh, what would you say is your superpower? That is a great question. And I'm going to have to go with empathy, mm. which, you know, empathy, I think when you're younger is perceived as a kind of a weakness, right? Mm-hmm. It's a weakness if you're sensitive or you cry when there's a, you know, puppy dog, something happens to him on TV. <laughs> so you can feel that kind of emotion from other people and other things and whatever. But definitely as I've matured and become grown up, I think empathy is a superpower. It's great for interacting with people in person, you know, interpersonal relationships, whether it's business, whether it's, you know, romantic, whether it's children, family or whatever. And I think that empathy, you know, being able to feel what other people feel is a real positive in life. So I'm curious with the empathy, um, where have you found it to be helpful in your business endeavors and, you know, working with um, colleagues or vendors or clients? Well, I think it's, we all universally are the same, right? We're all humans. Therefore, we feel pain, we feel suffering, we feel joy, emotions, happiness, all kinds of things. And when you connect, you know, you said earlier, vulnerable level with people, it's, you feel like you have a closer bond. It's easier to make business deals. It's easier definitely in my coaching business to help other people through, you know, the things that they've been through. Cause I understand what that feels like on a personal level, cause things have happened to me, but I just naturally are very empathetic towards other humans and animals. Definitely <laughs> animals, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I, either way. You know, I, I think there's something about that. Like you can kind of tell how empathetic a person is. I'm just making this up by their relationship or love of animals. Like I kind of feel like that's a thing. It absolutely is a thing. And sometimes I tell my uh, coaching clients if they're re-entering the dating pool and they look at me like weird, but then they go, oh, yeah, that's actually really true. If your dog or cat or bird or whatever it is does not like the person you're dating, this is a big thing. Wow. <laughs> probably sense something that we don't sense, right? And so I think you'll notice that animal, you know, if an animal doesn't like somebody, that says a lot. Wow, that is interesting. I will not talk about whether dogs like me or not. (laughs) I will just leave that to people's imagination. (laughs) Well, unless you're fearful, right? They sense fear too. So if you're fearful of an animal, but, you know, like if you walk into a house and the cat's like... That's probably not a good sign. Interesting, interesting. Excellent, excellent. So um, let's proceed to our launching point. Um, You shared with me a fantastic statistic, which is a great place, I think, to launch from. Uh, Maybe you could share it with the audience, and then we'll discuss from there. Okay. So what I told Joe was that um, only 5% of female, uh, 5% of people in tech are females. (laughs) And I messed up. (laughs) That blows my mind. Five percent. Absolutely. And the easiest way to think about that is, Joe, tell me some female tech leaders or females in tech that you know personally. Wow. Luckily, I do know a few because KPMG's, you know, pretty good in that regard, like Laura Cunningham, uh, Lauren uh, Nielsen. Um, we have quite a few. But yeah, I mean, in general, it's it's male dominated for sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it doesn't have to be, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So why is this a big lie? And when did you discover that 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 this having to be this way or, or that it should be this way is a lie? So t- t- take us through that a little bit as, as part of your journey. Okay, so I'm going to date myself severely right now and tell you that <laughs> growing up in England, um, even as far back as high school, I remember, it was like we had at our school, we had um, mathematics, obviously, but then we had chemistry, biology, and physics. And I remember in high school being the only female in my school that took chemistry, biology, and physics as electives. Mm-hmm. And I remember my, my physics teacher being like the first day when I walked into his class and he was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, taking physics. <laughs> and he like looked at me and he was like, do you want to be a doctor? I was like, no. <laughs> you want to be a No. Because it was just unusual for a girl to even be interested in any of that. And and I feel like that kind of started the lie, right? That women aren't, we're not good at tech. We're not, well, because there wasn't really that much tech right then, right? Yeah. It was like, we're not good at sciences. We're not good at math. We're not good at tech. These are all things that boys should be doing. Mm-hmm. And so then fast forward, I went to university and I did very girly things. <laughs> at university that were, you know, the writing and the history and the things that were more female-ish kind of stereotyped. And I just never even thought about it. It was just so, it would have been nuts if somebody had said to me when I was, you know, 20 and at university, you're going to be a woman in tech. I would have been like, you're insane. Like, Mm -hmm. that's never happening. That's not going to (laughs) happen. Like, I don't know anything. I haven't, you know. And so fast forward, obviously, I, um, I'm trying to think of the order this all happened, but I still wasn't very tech savvy. I had, you know, got married, had three kids. We had a, our family Mac computer, which was like the one in the case. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember. It was orange or blue or I don't remember. And the kids played on it. And, you know, and I basically used it for, you know, looking up things. And that was kind of the extent of my tech knowledge. And I still thought that would never, you know, so far beyond me. Mm -hmm. And um, fast forward to me starting my company. And I I literally did it on a wing and a prayer. But something in me, obviously, must have said, can't be that hard. If everyone else, you know, if all these men can do it, I probably can too. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, that's like true though. And I am 100% self-taught in tech. I'm 100% self-taught in all the industries that I actually work in now. Yeah, yeah. And I just really, I think the key was not being intimidated by it, by not believing that lie, not listening to those people. And thank God we do have tech because, you know, 90% of the information I have is from Googling it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? So that's kind of where we're up to now. <laughs> I have a you know very sophisticated tech product, which is dreamsrecycle.com, which has multiple moving parts. And you know, as you know, all the marketing is tech-based, all the analytics, everything we do is tech-based. Absolutely. Well, you know, one thing you said about that 
early on experience, right? Like like in high school. And and I feel like there's something there's something very important there, right? About how people as they try to step into something that's maybe different than what is expected, mm-hmm. people don't react to that well. They're not comfortable with that themselves. And instead of saying, hey, this is pretty cool. It's the only woman I've ever taught, you know, physics. This is the first time. Let's go. Let's let's see what this like. Let's see what this let's see what this is like. Instead, it's like, mm, you know, the the whatever class is over there. You know, like right. the class you want, you're, you're in the wrong class. That way. Yeah, yeah, home economics. <laughs> Do they even still have that? <laughs> no, but I think they should. Have you seen how these kids eat nowadays? They should have <laughs> I mean, what has been your experience, right? Like as you got more and more into the technology, kind of the response from other people, whether it's men or women, in terms of reacting to you like, as coming into this field, right? Where, where you were like one of these look, doesn't look like the others kind of thing. Well, um, actually it's a mixed bag, right? Which is Mm -hmm. everything in life is a mixed bag. So I have to say Mm -hmm. that men have probably been more supportive of it than anyone else. They've been very supportive. Mm -hmm. You know, there are a few mansplainers out there that talk to you like you're a complete ding dong. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but mostly men have been very willing to help me and, you know, kind of guide the way and let me, you know, to help me do things better if I didn't know or whatever. You know, if I've asked for help, generally they've been very receptive mm-hmm. and very kind, thank God. <laughs> um, women too, I think. And actually um, one of the weirder things was I had actually had my website for about two years And it was around then, I think, I won't say who the woman is, but she's quite quite high up in kind of the media world. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was speaking to her and she referred to me as a woman in tech. And I said, I'm not a woman in tech. And she went, what? (laughs) Because I hadn't really, like, thought of myself as that, right? I just thought of myself as a business owner. And she was like, good grief, Tiffany. (laughs) And so it was like that epiphany moment where I was like, hang on a minute, I actually am a woman in tech, right? Yeah. You know, obviously my company is minute compared to, you know, things like Facebook and stuff like that. But it's the same principles. I'm basically doing all the same things on a very tiny, tiny, tiny scale. So she kind of set me straight and she was like, I never want to hear that again. I was like, all right. It's um, it's it's so funny, right? How sometimes uh, it takes someone external to us, right, mm-hmm. to see something in us, maybe even name it, right? Put words to to what that thing is, and then all of a sudden, it's like the floodgates open, and you're like, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Well, it is right because what am I? I mean, you subtract everything you're not. I'm certainly not a doctor. I'm a business owner, but I'm not a restaurateur. Mm-hmm. I'm not, uh, you know, whatever it is. So by definition, you narrow it down to, I have to be a woman in tech. That's what it is. Now, let me ask you about something that um, applies to technology as well as, let's just say, other male-dominated fields, right? Where, where women have not, you know, made um, inroads as much yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's this, and and I use like the legal field, uh, which is still behind, but is probably ahead of tech, 
um, as, as a backdrop for this. The, you know, when you have all the experts, right, the old guard who are, let's just say, males, mm -hmm. right, they think a certain way. And there are certain brilliant methodologies and theories that have come out. They've all come from a similar male perspective, right? So then when you bring women into the mix who may be equally brilliant, but let's be clear, everyone's different, right? And, and, and women, I would say, in certain areas, they may be thinking slightly differently than men. And that's not a bad thing, right? Like that's actually a good yeah. thing. You, you, you want that diversity. However, it is not received as a plus. It's received like, well, that's not the way the experts think about it. So you're thinking about this wrong. And then you, and then you dial it back and you're like, well, what's common about all these experts? They're all guys who've taught each other how to do it. So it's almost like they can't see, like they don't have the ability to see the value in the other thing. And I'm just curious, have you had experiences where you've been working with, with, with other men or women and it's, and you kind of, kind of see that your perspective is, is, is different and, and that's a good thing. Or someone may surprise you and, and you're like, wow, you know, that perspective is so different. I'm so glad I talked to that person. Um, the only thing I think of is I think that women definitely, we talked about earlier, empathy, right? Yeah. And empathy in business and marketing is a superpower. Women, yeah. by nature, can relate to people quite, you know, many of us quite well. And I think that, ironically, having online platforms for a, for a woman is mm -hmm. probably the number one best thing that you can do as a business owner, a female business owner. Because it's so flexible, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, most of us want to have children, mm -hmm. which, you know, the corporate world definitely used to not enjoy at all. Now they're supposed to be more politically correct, but I don't know about that, <laughs> right? And so the online business world, I see women all the time now who really, really excel, whether it's a, you know, Shopify um uh, clothing store or whether it's you know those kind of rental things those I don't know stitch fix or whatever it's called mm -hmm. or um or even the girl who started Canva mm -hmm. oh the woman started Canva I love Canva yeah and um and so you look at these you know women and uh, women out there doing these things and they are very, very successful generally at what they do. And I do think that that empathy and that kind of human connection that sometimes women find easier is really powerful in business. Yeah. And, you know, something you said really resonated with me, Tiffany, like that concept of succeeding as a woman, right? Like, like succeeding not as a woman adapting to simulate or copy what has been successful for men, but to, to, to do it as a woman, obviously still using the principles of success that we all have to adhere to, but not trying to pretend to be something you're not. There's something very satisfying and, and I feel like powerful about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think women should, you know, run their businesses like women, right? Mm -hmm. We shouldn't have to be forced to run them like men. And I think sometimes, not always, because I do, you know, obviously there are a lot of very empathetic men out there too, but I think sometimes that the companies I've heard of and like I notice maybe more because I am a woman, people will tell me, you know, my boss is a woman and she's amazing. 
Mm-hmm. Right. She's the best boss I've ever had. I worked for 20 men, but now I have a female boss and everything is like can be, not always, mm-hmm. kind of better. And so, you know, I, I certainly hope moving forward that more women get into tech, more young people obviously get into tech who are female. And then that, you know, we're let left to our own devices to kind of really excel at the things we're doing. And part of that is that we need more funding because I think it's 4% of all funding given to anyone is female, 4%. Yeah. You know, that is a, that, that is a great point because, you know, I feel like a lot of times um, there can be arguments bandied around about merit, right? Everything should be merit based, right? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's all choose the best. It doesn't matter what we look like or our gender or something like that. But I feel like sometimes those arguments either unintentionally or maybe just conveniently intentionally leave out things like funding, right? Like mm-hmm. if, if you have a hundred women with mm-hmm. brilliant ideas and only four of them get funded and you have a hundred men with brilliant ideas and 50 of them get funded, fast forward 10 years, What's that industry going to look like? Mm. I actually did an interview series in, uh, in Huffington Post. I uh, interviewed very, very lovely, nice VC people, men mm-hmm. and women. Mm-hmm. And they all said the same thing. It's, it's unfortunate, but men feel more comfortable giving their money t- to men. Interesting. Interesting. Right? They yeah. So a, a stronger horse, like they're betting on a better product because it's man driven. So I feel like there's almost like a like a like a barrier in terms of you have to be even better, right? Oh, I think that's a hundred percent true. I think I I mean I'm definitely not somebody who goes around saying like poor me and equality and stuff because I feel like overall I am treated very equally, mm-hmm. and maybe because I demand to be, I don't know, <laughs> right? Because you get what you give, kind of. Um, And I'm very respectful to people and they are that. So, but I think that if I, if I was a man, I couldn't deny that it would be a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think I could have probably had a nice, very nice big check by now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So um, how do you find uh, it that, uh, as you move through the business world, right? Mm-hmm. And as you kind of break some of these uh, stereotypes, um, how do you handle it when people react to you in a somewhat stereotypical way, right? Like, what is your approach, right? Because I know you still must get people who talk down to you or treat you like they need to help you. Oh, poor Tiffany. Like, what, what is kind of your experience of, of handling that? What, what seems to have worked? What, what doesn't work? I mean, I, I'm one of those people that just tries to kill everyone with kindness. <laughs> <laughs> and when that doesn't work, I usually just disengage, right? Uh-huh, I mean, uh-huh. The good thing is we have personal freedom to interact with whoever we want to. <laughs> so I will definitely disengage. But I actually, that brings to mind a story. So I was at a um, conference and uh, it was like a pitching conference and you were, you know, talking about your business and I talked about my business and everyone was like, oh my God, so clever, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And one of the kind of 
people, men came over to me and he was like, that was so great, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, it's such a brilliant idea. He's like, um, whose was it? Oh, wow. And I was like looking around like, what do you mean? He goes, well, whose idea was it? Like, you're just the like the figurehead. And I was like, no, I'm not. Oh, because you need a woman to like, it's more advantageous to have a woman pitch this idea or something like that's what he was hinting at, right? And then he was like (laughs) digging a hole further and he was like, oh, I thought it was a, I thought it would be a man's idea. And I was like, that was a really bizarre thing to say, but no, it's mine. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) unbelievable unbelievable have you um do you know who um annie duke is she's a professional poker player i do know who she is so she wrote um and talks about this really interesting concept which you just reminded me of it's called a stereotype tax okay Mm -hmm. so stereotype threat is okay you know you are a member of a certain stereotype of a certain group that people stereotype against. And mm-hmm. that actually hurts your performance because you're constantly trying to fight your stereotype instead of just doing the thing. So that's, you know, stereotype threat. Mm-hmm. Stereotype tax is kind of the opposite. And the example she gives is as a female poker player, right? Similar to tech, there aren't a ton mm-hmm. of female poker players, better now. But well, her is the only one I think of, but yeah. yeah. Men have certain stereotypes towards her, which do not reflect her ability mm-hmm. as a poker player. Mm-hmm. So what she found is she can assess pretty quickly because, you know, she's a poker player. She can assess like what, what each guy is about. And each guy will react a little bit differently to her at the table based on his personality and relationship with, you know, women. Mm-hmm. And once she knows that, she can use that to inform her betting mm-hmm. and beat them with their own stereotypes of her, which are totally erroneous. Right. I'm sure, I'm sure she's underestimated, right? That's one of the biggest things I think all females have to deal with on a daily basis, being underestimated that we're somehow inferior on some level. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, let's talk a little bit about um, as you started to sort of come into your being as as a woman in technology um i'm very curious to know like so so you were you were here you were at point a and and you weren't like a technology person you just had the mac the family mac and then and then now you're here you know where where you're running this business and and you have all sorts of technology and automation working for you tell us a little bit about kind of like those first steps as you started to dip your feet into the technology water so to speak and 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 how that turned out because obviously you continue to swim and 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 thrive uh, but it probably wasn't all easy right it probably wasn't just like boom and all of a sudden you're like bill gates no absolutely well i'm still not like bill gates but yeah, that's never gonna happen but yeah i don't um like at the beginning i think the thing that probably helped me the most was realizing that in the online technology world, even though people are very, very frightened of it, right? We're frightened of websites and apps and analytics and this, that, and the other, is, you know, if you're at home on your laptop or your desktop in your office, you're not going to, like, launch nuclear missiles by accident, right? 
which is what I think people are fearful of. They think huh. like they're going to do something that's going to like take down the Western world, <laughs> like they or on a more realistic level, like they'll erase things or they'll mess up things or they'll right, right. do something to somebody else or whatever. And I think that once I let go of that, that I realized I couldn't really do anything like that awful. <laughs> It became a lot easier, right? And I think that tech is overwhelming, right? It doesn't matter who you are. That the key is just really, you know, doing it one step at a time mm-hmm. and not trying to be the best at everything in every area, mm-hmm. right? You look, I, I, remember go, I remember learning things as I needed them. So, you know, it was like how to build a website 101. <laughs> and I'd look that up and then I'd do that and then, you know, and then it was like how to drive traffic to your website. And I go through all the steps and it would tell you what to do. And and I think that that's the other key that, you know, it's, it is overwhelming if you let it be. If you're trying to do 18 things at once, you're not going to do any of them well. So you just make sure that you're learning only what you need for them. Because you also have to remember that in tech, it's changing all the time. My, mm. You know, the website's on its fourth iteration at streams recycle 4.0 now and so you know it you have to if you jump into tech you have to know that you're ever going to be learning and updating and kind of expanding your knowledge and your kind of feel for it but i love that i think it's really exciting now there were so many good insights there and and kind of a roadmap tiffany and one thing i want to call out that I thought was very powerful that you just said was this idea of tackling like the specific problem that you have now and figuring that out and then naturally transitioning to the next thing instead of deciding like I need to be able to build the world's best automated website that serves everyone like like you had a problem you're like okay how do I deal with x and then you figured out X or sometimes you get help to help you figure out with X and then you move to Y and you keep going. So I feel like that's super helpful and can take away some of the fear, so to speak, uh, because, you know, you can do the one thing probably, you know. Absolutely. And you don't. And the other thing is, and I'll be the first to admit, I'm not saying I'm like the world's best tech person in every single area like everyone else I have my strengths and my weaknesses and like I said you get people to help you you ask you hire you do whatever you have to do but you know the basic understanding of what you're doing and how you're trying to do it is actually you know it's just knowledge it's just like anything else you learn whether it's how to cook or ride a bike or whatever it is it's just a learning curve and if you want to learn it you will so I think that's very powerful from like a, like a personal perspective, right? So there may be, you know, women out there who are like, you know what, I want to get more into technology. So, so that can really help them. So I want to shift gears for a second. I want to get your thoughts on um, the broader system which supports this idea that women are not good in technology and that there should be only 5%, you know, those sorts of things. What what are the kind of things that need to happen or or the changes or the leadership, either from men as allies or from existing women in tech, educators across the board? What are the kind of the things that you feel um, can help the shift and, and help encourage more women to, to be in tech? 
Well, I think it has to start with the parents, right? But, you know, when you have your children, you know, I have two boys and a girl. And um, the both of the two boys are older and they both love Legos. And then, of course, I have my daughter and she wants Legos. And it wasn't until she was probably three or four that they bought out the girl version of Legos. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. But, you know, it starts on that base level that, you know, as parents, both your children or, you know, all your children, no matter what uh, sex they are, they have the opportunity to be exposed to lots of different things, whether it's dinosaurs, Legos, bugs, science, whatever it is, and really kind of build that acceptability on both sides, right? And that boys can like fashion design and they can like this and that and the other. Sounds so basic, but I think we don't. I think we are very stereotypical with our kids. I, so, you know, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think that's where it starts. How to start with the parents, right? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. 100%. And if you think about the repetition of those messages, right? Because first mm -hmm. it's Legos, then it's computers, then it's riding a BMX bike or something like <laughs> those messages get reinforced yeah. over this is not for you. This is too dangerous. This isn't what nice girls do. You know, all those messages get reinforced over and over. And that has to have mm -hmm. sort of an impact on your, on your psyche, on your, on your confidence, on your worldview. Absolutely. And then and then it's obviously reinforced, you said it, by the educators. You know, I hope less and less, but definitely, as we said, you know, when I went to school, between me and my children, probably a bit of a shift, but not enough shift. Mm -hmm. I still see, you know, most of my daughter's friends, she's in uh, 11th grade now, mm -hmm. you know, most of the girls, they talk about being nurses or this, that and the other Right. I don't see many of them going into uh, rocket science or whatever. I do see a couple, but, um, but you know, still the minority. Mm -hmm. And so the educators really have to embrace, obviously, all the females who have any interest in it, encourage them. And then the same with, you know, boys, males who want to do non-traditional male things also. I mean, I think it's just would be better for everyone, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I and I think it works the opposite way too, right? Let's say a boy wants to be a caretaker or a nurse or so you know, social worker, something that's typically considered or traditionally considered a, a female yeah. occupation. Do the parents encourage that and say, Hey Timmy, that's so wonderful that you want to do that? Like, let's figure out how we can get you that experience and, and help you be the best at that, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, it wouldn't be bad if we had more stay-at-home dads, right? More male nurses, more female, you know, neurosurgeons, whatever it is. Yeah. I just think that it would be, you know, better all around because, as you said at the beginning, you know, women bring something to the table that men don't and men bring right. something to the table that women don't. Yeah, you want both. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Anne-Marie Slaughter wrote this uh, really kind of a... Uh, popular or famous uh, article, I think it was in the Atlantic. Um, and the ba basic gist of it, um, and apologies if I don't get this exactly right, is that there will never be true equality for mm -hmm. men and women at work mm -hmm. until it's just as normal for the woman to be the main breadwinner and the man to be at home, mm -hmm. either full-time or part-time, but primary taking care of the kids. Mm -hmm. And 
we're definitely not there yet. I mean, you can see examples of that here and there of famous people. Ruth Bader Ginsburg comes mm-hmm. to mind. You know, yeah. she's a Supreme Court justice. Her husband, very um, distinguished lawyer in his own regard. He was actually a tax professor at Georgetown where, where I went, but he had the primary for driving the kids to school and because she's mm-hmm. busy at the Supreme Court. Like she, it makes it so much harder for her to have that career and raise a functional family and be okay with that career if her husband hadn't been willing to step up. Oh, absolutely. And I actually know some real life men who have done mm-hmm. that. Let their wife, their wife was excelling in their field and they've taken a step back and, you know, take on the majority of the child rearing or all of it, depending. And that's to be applauded, right? Everyone should have their chance to shine. And when you have children, it really does take one of you to step down so the other one can step up. Yeah. And one day when those men take their kids to the park, the other woman won't be there saying, oh, you're such an involved father. <laughs> it'll, it'll just be normal, right? Like you're just a parent taking your kid to the park. Absolutely. And that's what it should be, right? Absolutely yeah. should be. And some of the, you know, I know some amazing single dads mm-hmm. and also stay-at-home dads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's move on to our next step. So this has been super helpful and and, and insightful and and looking at uh, women in technology. Um, What is, you know, now that we understand that this is a lie, right? That it's not that women are not good at tech or they can't excel in tech. What is sort of one specific concrete step someone in our audience can take, man or woman, um, to really take advantage of this new knowledge and, and help it sort of enrich their lives or the lives of others? Well, what comes to mind first is if they have children, now would be a good time to have a little chat with your children, right, about Mm -hmm. this. Love it. You know, make sure that the things that you're exposing your children to are equal on both sides. And then as far as if you're further along the line or you don't have children, is really thinking if you're out there and you're a woman and you've had any kind of inkling to do anything online and you've been petrified to do it, you know, you, one, you can reach out to me and I'd be happy to give you some pointers. But two, don't be afraid. Just go ahead and do it. And the same with men. You know, maybe there are men out there who who don't view themselves as tech savvy or think they're too old to become tech savvy, which is another problem, right? We're all too old to do anything in tech. Um, so I would say just go for it. You're not going to do anything bad, hopefully. <laughs> Those are those are great great tips, Tiffany. Um, and and one thing, if I might add, that uh, that I thought about as you were sharing about um, your experience, is when you see someone, either as a man or a woman, um, and you see a woman who's engaging in you know technology or some interest or hobby or activity, um, it can be really powerful. You know, as long as it's you know you're not um, breaking any boundaries for you to say something like encouraging to them, oh, right? To say like, you know, that's so great that, that you're doing this. Like that can mean so much to the person because they may not be getting that mm-hmm. at home or they may not be getting that as a teacher. But if you are a trusted, uh, let's just call it Mr. Rogers language, a trusted adult, you know, yeah. whether you're like an uncle or a mentor or something, you know, a business acquaintance for you mm-hmm. to share that and kind of give them that, like, that's like a, that could be a real gift to someone. 
Absolutely. Um, and I think that this is true. I, I know a young lady who is at UCF now doing a very difficult tech course. Wow. Uh, and, uh, and she got in by her own merit. She's very bright, but she she faltered too. I mean, I think self-doubt is a big thing in everyone. So yes, absolutely. Do see something, say something. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah when you see somebody doing good or having an interest in it definitely support them and encourage them because you know who knows what this young lady's going to do or some of the other kids I know who've gone into tech like god bless them all I hope they do phenomenally yeah and and, and the way I think about it is we want all the best of everyone right because that makes society that makes our lives better like my life doesn't get worse because a woman thrives and brings something wonderful into the world. Like my life gets better. Absolutely. We use Canva every day, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Oh, whatever it is. I was going to say we use Spanx, but that's not for you. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's brilliant too. I mean, there are a lot of brilliant women out there in all kinds of things. And so, yeah, absolutely. We need, we need everyone on board to make the world as great as it can be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I always learn a lot um, speaking to you, Tiffany, and thanks again for being a guest on the show. Um, Tell our audience, you know, how can they learn more about what you do, whether it's the website, the book, the coaching, um, and how to get in touch with you? Okay. Uh, The easiest way to get in touch with me is through dreamsrecycle.com. Or if you are interested in one-on-one coaching or want to talk to me about women in tech, um, you can contact me also at dreamsrecycle.coach. Excellent. Well, thank you, Tiffany, for being on The Big Lie. Do you have any closing thoughts or advice for uh, maybe the other women in tech out there or women who would like to be in tech? I just want to re- reiterate that I really do think for moms, for women who have any interest Anything in the online space is really the way to go. I mean, we've seen it through the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. All the things that have done extraordinarily well have been online. So if you have any interest, now is the time to do it. Get online, open a business, do what you want to do. But I, I love it. And I think that most people, if they have interest, will, would love it too. Excellent. Thank you, Tiffany, for sharing your big lie with us. I can't wait to see what happens next. Thanks, Joe. Hi, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. I have an exciting update to share. My third book, Unlock Your Connection, Feel Like Family, is available on Amazon.com. Using universal principles, we explore how to unlock more professional success by learning how to connect to anyone, anytime, anywhere. Together with Unlock Your Charisma and Unlock Your Executive Presence, these three books form the first segment of my Unlock Your Leadership series. To learn more, go to www.connectioncounselor.com. For questions or to inquire about personal or team coaching, email me at joe at connectioncounselor.com. Thank you so much for listening to The Big Lie. We hope it has an amazing impact on your life. I only have one favor to ask. If you enjoy the show, 
please tell the one person you know who needs to hear about it and share the link. That's it. Together, we can vanquish these illusions that are holding us back.